this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome back to another episode of the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we're going to discuss and explore each resort, ride by ride, land by land, park by park, to determine which is better. I'm your host, Jimmy, and joining me to help answer the elusive question, which is better, Disneyland or Disney World, is... Jeremy from Spectral Radio. Hey, everybody. I am so excited for another episode. This one's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. This is so one of those good. long-awaited fan favorites that, you know, if you've never listened to this, this is the one you're going to tune in for. The debate then, rages, so we've got to finally does. put an end to this. Right. Exactly. It, it, there, there are picket lines. There, there, there's like... Facebook groups and I mean it's bigger than bigger than the impeachment. And Dan from uh, Dan hates the Beatles. Hi, I'm Dan. I hate the Beatles. But you know what I love is finally having a chance to give my two cents about this very very heated debate that's been going on for near millennia. It seems in my heart. Yeah, yeah, millennia or <laughs> seven years. So <laughs> the I have to tell you, Jeremy, that I think it was on an ears up in depth where you were talking about the seas with Nemo and friends, and you talk okay. about the hydrolators. Okay. And the hydrolators are freaking amazing. Like, the fact that they're not there anymore, and I, and then after a while, you didn't ha- – like, you could make a choice of going on them or not. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember not having to go on them, but why would anyone ever make that choice? Right. right. They're, with, they're when, awesome. In a life of hydrolators and not hydrolators, exactly. you always pick hydrolators. Actually, totally. the correct pronunciation on that shot, I, I should say, is hydrolator. It's not, it's not hydrolators? <laughs> <laughs> That's another way. That's a Canadian say. So the hydrolator is, for those of you who don't know, in The Living Seas, which is a predecessor of The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Part of the cue was that you would go into a hydrolator and it would shake around and you'd see the walls moving down or whatever. So uh, it feels like you're going down into sea base alpha. And um, then when you what, – what, what do you mean the walls were moving? Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. So you go into an elevator and you go deep into the ocean. Yeah. And in Florida, Thank that's you. about seven feet till you're underwater completely. But anyway, so then you, the door would open up and you'd be in Sea Base Alpha, but in reality, you haven't really gone anywhere. And I wanted to share that because it's a really cool effect still in place today on Rise of the Resistance. So if anybody's seen a ride through video, you go from the pre show area with Ray, and then you go across this little courtyard and you go into a ship and you go into a door and then you fly away, go on, then you get captured by the First Order. And then you go out of the same door that you went into. Like, how did I go out the door that I went into? When I went into it, I was outside. I go out of it. I'm inside. It's the same basic concept, but it's on a turntable. So you go into the door. That show vehicle, 
spins around to the next show building and then that door opens up and you're in the first order ship. So spoiler alert, but that's how that works. Same basic concept, (laughs) right? And then for those of you who had gone through great pains to not get anything. (laughs) Yes. Both of you. Um, And then I, you also talked about vacation club and I, and I wanted to just clarify a couple of things. So how it works. So now we're doing past show clarifications on other people's shows now. I mean, that's what's happening. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) he's mad with power accuracy on the network. I I just, I wanted to talk about the hydrolator because it's cool. And then I learned about the rise of resistance, right? But the vacation club, because I'm an owner Sort of. So how it works is that you buy points from Disney and you buy a finite number of points that mean so much depending on the day or the time of year you go. So for example, if you're going to go stay in a studio apartment at Saratoga Springs on a Wednesday in January, it might cost eight points. But then if you want to stay at Bay Lake Tower in a three-bedroom villa looking at the Magic Kingdom on Christmas Day, it might be 150 points for that night. Sure. Yeah. So, well, that's not unusual for a vacation club. That's sort sure. of how they work. Right. But it's, not, it's different from timeshare where you buy a week somewhere and that's just the place you go and you get that thing. The one thing I wanted to bring up is that you only are borrowing it from Disney for 52 years. So the points that I bought for Bay Lake Tower are good for 52 years. And that was 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. if I sold them to you, you would only have them for 42 years because the original lease is only 52. So they're non-transferable. So if I wanted to sell them to you, Disney has right of last refusal. So if I said, hey, Jeremy, I'm going to sell these to you for 100 bucks," Disney can come in and say, no, I'm paying 101 because I don't want this particular person to whatever so it's it's interesting they kind of control their own destiny and the value stays up as a result oh okay and then i wanted to share oh my god is there more that i did wrong in that episode (laughs) is that what you're telling me what else what else so the outfit that you were wearing last tuesday you had (laughs) (laughs) the jeans did not at all match with anyway so i thought really he did see my outfit um so I, I, I went to Disney World last week. I had a sales meeting that I had uh, was my team. So I set the meeting. And it just so happens that I set the meeting for the same day as the opening of Rise of the Resistance. It just coincidentally <laughs> opened the same day. And so I had the meeting. Do any of your superiors listen to the show? <laughs> I sure hope <laughs> not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, they won't be my superiors after they listen. Um Anyway, because I'll get fired. So the the point was that it was that Thursday that it opened. I had my meeting, and I planned to go the next day before I drove home. And so I was going to get to the park at 7 a.m. because the park opens at 9. So I was going to get there at 7 because I had plenty of time, right? Two hours ahead, no problem. Man, so you were about two hours late, right? So <laughs> I, that the, I was avoiding spoilers. So Thursday night before I go to oh, bed, sorry. I'm looking on – I went on YouTube, and I'm like – People are getting up at like they're there at like three in the morning, and there's thousands of people there at three in the morning. I'm like, oh, forget that. So I decided I'm not going to go. Yeah, they're losers. Up. They like Star Wars. What do you expect? <laughs> I mean, just wait for the Mandalorian minute. So then I get. So what I decided, I, I'm leaving. I'm on my way home. I decide to stop at the park just in case. I drove in. There's nobody. 
Like, there's nobody going in. It's wide open. I go up to the gate. I'm like, what are my odds of getting on this ride? And like, well, we opened at 6.30 today as a surprise. So I'm already an hour late. I get into the park at 7.30. I have to get on a boarding group. So you can't get on the ride unless you're on a boarding group. I was in boarding group 60 at 7.30 in the morning. They were currently boarding groups 10 through 25. So for the good of the show... I'm going to do this work. So I'm there at 7.30. I ride every other ride because nothing else is technically open. Uh, so I go through this stuff. By 10 o'clock, they're at boarding group like 15. <laughs> so the ride had broken down. And they're like, you might be able to get on by 2.30. And I'm like, I got to be home by 5. So I'm, I get in the car. I drive home. I walk in the door. And I get the text that my boarding group is loading at 5 p.m. when I walk in the door. Oh, my God. I tried, everybody. I tried. I wanted to share the experience with our audience for the greater good of the show. Yeah, it has a, a, a daily capacity of about 37 people from what I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I was number 38 is the problem. You were 38. <laughs> Darn it. Dang it. Dang it. Uh, okay, so enough of that. Anything you uh, – so how was – Jeremy, how was the Christmas show in uh, Northern California? It was every – Christmas holiday wish you could ever want and every present from Santa wrapped up in one in a magical weekend. And it wasn't just the show. The show was really fun. Yeah. The, show was, the show was a lot I heard of fun, it. actually. It was fun. You heard yeah. it? I did. Um, did you listen to it live or were you – did you hear it? No, it's I been listened released to it now. yesterday and uh, okay. I have not heard The Secret Show yet. Okay. Go, all right. Well, um, I don't really remember what was said on that. <laughs> Uh, it was a really good time, but I have to say, just staying at the Petros play, Petros Mansion estate uh, is wonderful. Yeah, the, the Petros, Petros Plaza. Estate. Yeah, it's great. You know, we had a great time. Um, we went out for beer the night before the show. Jason and I did. Did you go to San Leandro? We went to, no, well, we went to, we did go to San Leandro, which is home of the 21st Amendment Brewery, who has uh, the best drains in the business. <laughs> They have great drains. Thank you. You can taste uh, the drains. Yeah, yeah, I knew. I said, "This Jason, this beer's been drained very well." <laughs> um, he, he concurred. And www.bluecard.com. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, Jason had an El Sully, which is a very popular drink it there. I had Mexican something beer. else I can't remember. I had I actually had a vegan burger, and Jason laughed at me, um, as he should. And I'm not a vegan. I just was like, well, whatever. I'm just stupid. Um, so then uh, we went – that evening we went out for for a few drinks. And Jason, if you go for beer in the area of Oakley where they live, it's like going out with the mayor. Okay. <laughs> you know, he walks in and it's like, oh. Like, Norm. You know, just, just huge – just bearded men everywhere. You can't swing. You know, it's just beards coming at you left and right. You know, because that's I don't know Northern California. I've never seen this many big bushy beards. It's a, it's a big style there. I think it just was jarring to me coming from New York, where we're a little we, we're clean shaven. So it's a big Santa town, is what you're saying. Santa. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and but everyone was so nice. Everyone's like Jason. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. So we had a great time. And uh, that's cool. Actually, a listener um, from Spectro came in. Nice. And said hello and he knew, you know, he knew us. We just had a great time. Um That's really cool. Yeah. And then the show of course was really fun and uh we got we were up. We were up, you know, Bev's husband plays the guitar. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um and so it was really cool because, you know, I like to sing 
and Sam mm-hmm. likes to play the guitar. And he could, you, he, you could give him a song that he's never even played before, but he just sort of like starts playing it anyway. And just then the general chord progression and stuff. Yeah, and then we sang, and uh, I spilled wine all over their couch, and then I went to bed. Perfect. It was great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we should sing together one time. Dan and I both sing. Yeah, we do. Well, In we fact, should go to Kimonos at the Walt Disney oh, World yeah. Swan. We've oh. been there. Let's do it. Live, Dan sang karaoke what, there. I Live episode, I, I'm, I'm thinking. There you go. <laughs> live karaoke episode. Yeah. I remember. You know, that is possible. So, yeah, let's do it. I'm in. So I remember Dan... We went to Disney World, uh, I don't know, few, several years ago, and we f- they flew across the country, and the first thing I wanted to do is go sing GD Karaoke. <laughs> it's, it's like, what are we doing? I brought What's my karaoke, karaoke friends. I can't, it's words it's that he can't a say. A G-rated version of saying, oh, gosh, gosh I thought darn. it was like a certain type of karaoke. <laughs> yeah, it's GD Where Karaoke. you can't use the letters G or D. Ooh, <laughs> That's right. I like that. No, it's, a, it's from the region in Japan of GD. <laughs> Yes. GD karaoke. Yes, and I sung. I sung Young Americans at the karaoke. Bar. I have pictures. I'm all in on this idea. But anyway, so Dan, what are you watching on Disney Plus? Well, um, I am fascinated by the Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Boom. Yeah. Goldblum. That guy. Yes. Uh, like invents the universe or whatever it's called, because. While it is mainly the entire show seems to be just him kind of going, uh, and this is, um, well, uh, shoes. What is, uh, I mean, a shoe is a shoe. Um, It's actually a good version of that. (laughs) And it's very interesting. The guy is just super charming. And I'm looking forward to seeing, and I will have words, I will have things, but I am tired. I will have thoughts about Sultan and the rock star um, in the near future. Well, I'll tell you what I'm watching on Disney Plus. And by the way, Jeff Goldblum is the Jeff Goldblumiest Jeff Goldblum on that show. Oh, He's, absolutely. He played, it, it, like the Grandmaster in uh, Ragnarok. That is the best Jeff Goldblum impression. So I'm watching The Mandalorian. And somebody else who's watching The Mandalorian <laughs> and wants to give us an update is Jeremy with his Mandalorian Minute. Take it away, Jeremy. Yes. Well, uh, there's a big cliffhanger coming up. I think we're going to find out who Han Solo's dad is. <laughs> so that's exciting. Because um, I think it's going to be a twist. Now. Probably. There might be two so, of them. So that was good. But what got me, because I wasn't, I sort of took a break. I stepped back for a little while. Um, but I've been, I, Yeah, but then, you know, I always talk about it. I'm on Diz Twitter all the time, right? And you can't yeah. go on Who Diz isn't? Twitter without find, seeing people talking about your, you know, Rise of the Mandalorian and all the rest <laughs> of the stuff. You know, and I'm seeing this thing. My favorite character that they brought out for us, yeah. which everyone's going crazy for. Yeah, I think yeah. you know who I'm talking about. Baby Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's adorable. They're just, it's memes everywhere. So I, but you know, oh my God. I didn't expect that. I think that was a bit of a surprise. I don't think anyone knew. Yeah. But. No, when when the my favorite actor uh, Warner Hedgehog showed up and that was he he put on a great performance. Um, I laughed so hard uh, that uh, I hit my McConkey, and then I don't even know what was going on. But there was another, you know, there was another oh light God. sword fight, and then 
more braiding of the hair, and then that that was really it. But I think the next one's going to be good. That's the cliffhanger. So tune in. Season finale. Oh yeah, season finale. Tune in to that. Should be good. Oh my god. Oh, we need to make this to Mandalorian hour from now on. Oh my god, that's funny. Oh, I love. If people don't. They just need to yeah, listen to no, the show yeah. for that segment. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Crap. Okay. The inhaler out for this. <laughs> oh, by the way, Dan has uh, asthma. <laughs> so this episode is sponsored by uh, Coviers Shop. Coviers www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash covers. Get some t-shirts, churro shirts, some really cool stuff. Plan your next trip with Concierge. Concierge is a fully. They will plan your vacation to Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise Lines. They'll give you helpful hints for where to go to church, where to exercise. And they'll do it for you for free, meaning you won't have to pay any more than you would pay if you just went to Disney to buy this. But you have a personal travel assistant, and it is wonderful. Jeremy's going to use it to go to Aulani next year. I just can't believe they're going to tell me which church to go to. I think that's getting a little personal. <laughs> I think it's like Hi, no, you're going no, to Catholic, Catholic church. church. That's where you should go. <laughs> oh my word. But it doesn't cost you any extra whereas if you went to the Catholic church you have to pay 10 yeah, That is Buddhism. true. That is, that's right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, no, seriously, though, it's a, it's a great service and uh, they're very helpful. So check them out. Jeremy's going to check it out with Aulani. All right. And also, this episode is brought to you by toothpick holders. Now, now that toothpick holders are an integral part of everyday life, there is no doubt that you're wondering just what to do with all the toothpicks you have hanging around. The Walt Disney Company has responded to the millions of letters from concerned citizens whose vast collection of toothpicks has made their lives practically unmanageable. Worry no more. Disney has the solution for you. Next time you're in a Disney park, enjoying your brief respite from your towering stacks of toothpicks, swing by pretty much any souvenir shop and purchase any of a wide variety of toothpick holders which just happen to hold one and a half ounces of any liquid at all if you should ever get that toothpick problem in order. Toothpick holders, that's what they are, and it makes sense. Wow, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real glad, you know. I got all these toothpicks, yeah. I don't know I mean, what to do It's a problem. Them. Yeah, it's a societal problem for sure. So, uh, all right, some past show corrections on our show. Okay. Wow, I can't believe it. (laughs) In a previous episode, the the uh, original flagship hotels, we talked about the modular construction of the contemporary. Now, I'm I'm very familiar with modular buildings. They're they're doing this today. It's actually very popular. And the contemporary was never intended to be replaced. Like it, w- it was a permanent thing. You put it in there. What I speculated is that you put it in, you take it out to furnish it and put it back in mm-hmm. again. It was always meant to be there permanently. And and it's a it's a phenomenal concept. And, and it like I said before, it it is actually at, more popular today than it was then. It's it's making a, a a big a big push, and buildings are being built in buildings now. Uh, what's interesting is that the Polynesian was similar, but rather than being slid into a compartment that was already there, they're stacked on top of each other. So that hotel was built Hmm. with these modules being stacked on top of each other. So it's literally just a a game of blocks over at the Polynesian. Yeah, 100%. It's like Jenga. Okay. And, uh, the mural inside of the contemporary by Mary Blair 
we talked about it, but I wanted to highlight that there are over 18,000 hand-painted, individual hand-painted glazed ceramic tiles on that mural, which is really cool. We talked about uh, balconies in the hotels, that every hotel room in the Contemporary has a balcony, which is not the case for Disneyland Hotel, with the exception of the Garden Tower. Now, I want to talk about the Garden Tower because... The I, the Contemporary Hotel is iconic. You stay there because the monorail goes through it. It is the you know, it's an architectural marvel. All the things we talked about, mommy, daddy, we're gonna stay at the Contemporary. Get to go down the elevator to stay and go on the monorail, and then you get checked into the Garden Tower, <laughs> which first of all doesn't have balconies. The second this, floor. You're, so first of all, calling that a tower is a bit generous. It's a two story. <laughs> I didn't build. I didn't call it a tower, but you go just ahead. did. Well, no, Disney uh, Disney calls it a tower. They're garden Sorry. rooms. You are correct. Um, for those few garden rooms in the garden uh, barracks, I think they more, more rep- <laughs> uh, look like, um, the second right. floor of the garden rooms does not do not have balconies. The first floor does right. have outdoor space on each room. Well, it's not a balcony, though. Just, it's I, a door that opens outside. I just got to say to I mean, Gordon Ramsay over there, you still lost. Yeah, I think – thank you, Dan. I agree because what it came down to was that that's still a very small percentage of the of the rooms there and uh, – Gordon Ramsay? I don't know. Hotel what Hell. Is. Hotel Hell. Is that yeah. Hotel Hell? Was yeah. that a Hotel Hell reference? Yeah. <laughs> the show with the best – There are tigers all if the you, bed. If you're Hotel listening to this Hell. and you haven't seen the opening uh, title sequence for that show, watch it now. Just watch the title <laughs> sequence. That will get you enough. G.D. Ramsey. it all comes back there you go all right anything else (laughs) what else did we do wrong daddy well Um, so on this show if you're listening we like to argue which is better between disneyland disney world this attraction that attraction this hotel that hotel but Sometimes, in order to come to the conclusion, we kind of have to ask which is worse, <laughs> right? Yeah, so true. Because if you find out which is worse, then by default, the other one's better, yeah. right? So to that end, today's episode, Goofy's Sky School v. Primeval Whirl. That's the case of the wild mouse coasters. And I'm sorry, Dan, Matterhorn is not included in All this right, category. It is... Goofy Sky School or Mulholland Madness, as it previously was called, versus Primeval World. So is the name so, of this show now, it's not the Supreme Resort anymore, <laughs> is it now the stankest resort? <laughs> <laughs> the least inferior <laughs> resort. It's a very special episode. That's right. right so Christmas special. <laughs> yes. This is our Christmas special, isn't it? A very stank Christmas with, with the, whatever the Supreme Resort. Santa uh, whatever us show I'm whatever on. Whatever the hell. I, I'm on I so never many. Know. Are you Dan or Jimmy? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get that you right. You all look alike. Okay. So I – I've done so little work on this. I mean, I've done so. I've spent so much time on this that I forget whether Primeval World came first in 2002 or uh, Primeval, whatever the other one is. The well, I've done significantly Mulholland less, Madness. and I'm sure not many people are surprised. Um, however, I'm looking at my research trove here, my journal, 
Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it says that while Mulholland Madness opened in 2001, Goofy ah. Sky School opened in 2011. And since they are very, very different rides, I believe that yours opened first. Right. So here we go. Primeval Whirl, for those of you who don't know, if you've been sleeping under a rock all these years, is a steel wild mouse roller coaster at Disney's Animal Kingdom at the Walt Disney Resort. This this ride is a spinning roller coaster purchased from Reverchon Industries. The ride is part of Chester and Hester's Dinorama, which is uh, basically the antithesis of what Disney set about to do at Disneyland in 1955. And it's part of Dinoland USA. It's a roller coaster in the mild but wild thrills category. It has cars that spin in circles, which is probably the best part of the ride. <laughs> As and opposed to spinning in squares. That sucks. <laughs> That's right. Normally, they spin in triangles like they do at the Mulholland Madness, but it spins while it's going on the, on the track, right? So it permits you to – so it goes – it's different every time because it's spinning. You can't control the spin. Right. But then you're going on a roller coaster at the same time. So the ride has 13 cars, each seating up to four riders. So we – oh, should I give a point Ooh. for spinning? Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> spinning! Yes. Yes. Hashtag spinning. What you got over there, Mulholland Goofy? Well, uh, could you <laughs> remind me again uh, the, like the first couple parts that you have there? On yours, <laughs> wild, wild mouse coaster. It spins. Okay. Reverend Industries. Okay. Well, Goofy Sky School is a steel wild mouse roller coaster at the Paradise Gardens Park section of Disney California Adventure in Anaheim, California. The ride is based on Disney's 1940 short film Goofy's Glider. Uh, it used to be Mulholland Madness, which was a tribute to William Mulholland. And he was an Irish civil engineer who was responsible for build, building the infrastructure to provide a water supply that allowed Los Angeles to grow into the largest city in California. Uh, <laughs> what a backstory! Wow. <laughs> this might be the most interesting part of the show. Tell us more about okay. Mr. Okay, um, let me see. I'm going to check through my vast journal of notes. <clears throat> Okay. As the head of a predecessor to the Los Angeles uh, Department of Water and Power, uh, Mulholland Mm. designed and supervised the building of the Los Angeles Aqueduct. Now, the Los Angeles Aqueduct system comprised the the Los Angeles Aqueduct uh, and the second Los Angeles Aqueduct. It's a water conveyance system. It is built and operated by the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. Um, so this ride was built by Mack Rides. <clears throat> it's a German company mm. that designs and constructs amusement rides based on Waldkirk. This the ink was running Perfect. on my notebook. Perfect. Uh, Perfect in Germany. It's one of the world's oldest amusement industry suppliers and builds many types of rides, including flat rides, dark rides, uh, log flumes, tow boat rides, and roller coasters. And they also built uh, steel roller co- steel wild mouse coaster one, which is great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Perfect. That's a, yeah. That's uh, that's what people want to hear. They want to know who designed <laughs> right. it. 
they want to know about the history of the name behind it. And so I assume that the theme of the ride, the story of the ride, is how water transfers through the aqueduct. Um, It is... Oh, darn. <laughs> it is a wacky <laughs> representation of Mulholland Drive, which is – it's not based on the movie, although that would be a very okay. fascinating ride. That would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically Mulholland Drive, it's curvy and so is the ride. Oh. Uh, so I wonder is who curvy. is Mulholland Drive named after? It is named after William Mulholland. Who was an Irish American? Oh, the same guy did the Aqueducts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh wow. wait, Mulholland Drive. It's somewhere in my notes. Hold on. Uh, Valley Conflicts. Mulholland Drive. Later life. Hmm. I think it's interesting it's that they thought that that would ever work. Well, it's in California Adventure. It's fascinating why they thought a lot of things would work in California Adventure. <laughs> Speaking of, I still think that the uh, the the ride to beat in terms of like which is the worst ever, it's got to be Superstar Limo. I'm curious, yeah, Dan. I I hope I'm not jumping ahead on you. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did Mulholland Madness last before they oh. were like, we've got to slap a character on this stat? Right. Well, um, they they had they made the bold artistic move to keep it afloat for a full ten years. Wow. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That is it, madness. It's madness. And look, the, <laughs> that's actually the madness on the signs. On that's the, right. On the, it, it, there are signs outside that had like wacky pictures of traffic because when you think California, <laughs> you think traffic, and you know when you make especially on Mulholland right, Drive. I mean, it all tracks. So, oh, I see what you nah. did there. Roller coaster, and tracks. it's a roller coaster, and it's uh, it's, it's kind of good sometimes. They were scraping the barrel for ideas for that place. Oh, they sure were. Yeah, we we'll have to do an episode on uh, the Superstar Limo, but I'm trying to figure out how to compare. I, it to we, we've been trying. <laughs> we've been trying. Like in text messages, we've seriously we been have. trying. So it's true. And if you have any ideas, email us at Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com or Dan earsup-podcast.com or Spectro Jeremy TM at Twitter. Spectral you can email us. <laughs> yeah, message me on at Spectro underscore Radio Twitter and Instagram. Do it. Okay, so similarly, Primeval Whirl was named after the famous Indian architect Shashank Primeval. <laughs> Shashank and really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the great Indian leader Shashank. Shashank Primeval. The Shashank Redemption. And <laughs> Shashank. That's right. He really enjoyed spinning. Uh, all right, so the cue. Who doesn't? The Q. Well, it's a lot of curry, you know. <laughs> anyway, so the Q of Primeval Whirl is, here's the story. <laughs> it's switchbacks getting ready to board for a countdown to extinction. Hmm. Well, I will counter your switchbacks with switchbacks. Ooh. Yeah. Ex- you went there. You went there. <laughs> Except in this one. You see a Disney character that is actually a recognizable Disney character, and his name is Goofy. Point, maybe? Oh. <laughs> Point four. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> uh, there's a point coming at us very slowly. Point train's oh, coming. Yeah. There he was. 
Did you hear it? Let's hear him again. <laughs> That's him. Awesome. Goofy doing right. his. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Mickey! <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is our so, best episode. Or, that was good. <laughs> it sure is. Um, so the ride itself, this was the first, if you can believe it, the first roller coaster at Animal Kingdom Park. It consists of two separate roller coasters that mirror each other. So there's two roller coasters that are identical. Now, each one is a production model Wild Mouse coaster, so nothing special. But it spins, like I mentioned before. <laughs> And the individual passenger cars are designed to spin uncontrolled throughout the circuit, adding excitement to the sharp switchback turns and sudden drops. Sudden drops up to 30 feet. Mm. Wow, 30 feet. Mm-hmm. So you're, per- you're mm-hmm. putting the, uh, the mirror image up as, as the point? Mainly? <clears throat> well, and there's two of them. So it's kind of, think about like Space right. Mountain and the Magic right. Kingdom. Right, you've got two coasters side by side, but they're actually mirror opposites of each other. Whereas Primeval World is the same thing, but they just turned it mm-hmm. in the opposite mm-hmm. direction. So, but it's the same ride. Right? Does so it have a my, high, because of because of that? Does it have a higher capacity? Well, it has double the capacity. I gotta go whirl point. Bye bye. Well, <laughs> bye bye. I gotta counter that though with the uh, at Goofy's Sky School. There's only one, so there's a smaller footprint, and it's off to the side, so you can easily ignore it. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's easily ignorable. Point for uh, Dan. Yes, which is worse. I'm so proud of you. you got it right. Uh, okay, I have another possible point that, uh, unless you have something, Jimmy, that you were about to get into. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Goofy's Sky School is not in Dinoland, USA. Oh, man. <laughs> That's tough. That is tough. <laughs> yeah, but where is it? Paradise Park Gardens? Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, right. <laughs> he makes a point. Okay, so so here's what I, I want to. No, but let's go there then. Like, which one? <laughs> I think I'm going with Goofy. Goofy gets a point for not being in the worst place ever. <laughs> okay, and and I want in all seriousness, I want to I want to touch on Pixar Pier slash Paradise Pier and Dinoland USA. Is this not the exact antithesis of what Walt Disney set out to do? Yes, Carney. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I don't want to say abomination because that's overly dramatic and whatever, but it's just, it makes me upset. Yeah, I was devastated after I went there. (laughs) (laughs) So the attraction, this is Primeval World, Shashank Primaval, his, uh, his namesake attraction, pushes through 700 riders per hour on each side. So that's 1,400 riders total. So we talked about capacity. So we think about wait times, think about whatever. Anyway, so it's got a high capacity thing. I don't know if that deserves a point. I'm just pointing it out for our. I I gave you a higher. I gave you a higher capacity already. I was giving you. Oh, you're giving me the 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 backup to it after I've already. But let's play the sound again because I kind of love it. (laughs) Bye bye. And in case anyone's wondering, that's me. Um, let's see. Within the first month of its operation, three accidents occurred. No. Um, uh, themes of the mini cars. No, that's for Sky School. Um, let's see. So, oh, you know what? I think this deserves a point. 
it on Goofy Sky School. It has that. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to do this as a point. It has that one drop where you're kind of turning. <laughs> oh. Wow! Oh my God! You're really? Do you have kind of turning, Dan? We have I, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> but I. <laughs> I can tell you that that uh, what are the primeval world, it's mainly just drops and turns. There are no spots where you're dropping and turning significantly at the same time. At least the track isn't. Yeah. Okay. Boom. What's uh, well? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Totally. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know if there's a point in there. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to find one in through the bushes. Well, I can get. I can, I can tie that in with a bigger, more general point. And these are the kinds okay. of things that I try to bring to this. Is that this ride tries just the right amount given the type of ride? <laughs> Instead of putting a weird, convoluted time travel uh, storyline right next to a ride that also has a time travel theme. Yeah, so that's to the point there, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it down a little bit. So the it's basically countdown to extinction. That's the the theme of the ride. You're going, you know, in time. You're going back in time, just before the meteor hits, and just before you hit, you go down the hills and whatever. So the spinning aspect of the ride is really cool. It makes it unpredictable and it's different every time. So that's kind of fun. I like that. Jimmy, does your but ride your spin? I'm I'm getting a spinning sort of thing coming through. I don't know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I mentioned. It doesn't slightly Does it, spin or almost spin. It spins. does it have trees? Does it have a lot of trees? And it makes in the my queue? wife giggle. No, no, okay. no trees. It is a roadside carny ride if I've ever seen it. But you do get the two two and a half G's. You get the G's. It hits the G spots. <laughs> two, two and a half G's. I'm going to yeah. go for two and a half G's. That's a point. It is pretty cool. And it's one and a half minutes. It goes up to 29 miles an hour and highest drop, 30 feet. Okay. Uh, Well, mine is a minute and 45 seconds. I don't know if that's a a, a point for or against it, to be honest. (laughs) So yours is longer? 15 seconds. Does it have as many G's? Uh, I don't. I don't. I wasn't my my vast research wasn't able to tap into that very <laughs> hidden couldn't uncover yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a point for being longer <laughs> all right so all right. far for those of you keeping track at home <laughs> <laughs> so far Dan has four with Goofy Sky School and Jimmy has three. Oh. With primeval war, we're gonna make some people angry. Oh my god! So this is go- so this is Goofy's to lose. Oh right my now, god! I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like saying something. So uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so thank you for for joining us. Uh, we we lost. <laughs> unfortunately, we had a forty five minute argument about this, and and our audio feed cut out, and so. Unfortunately, you missed a bulk of the content of this episode. I apologize for that. It happens. Yeah. So the final verdict yeah, no. on the well, actually, I have a question, Jimmy. Before we make a verdict, yeah. well, this is, might just make it more decisive. Dan, mm. does Mulholland Madness shut down for World of Color? Ooh. Mm. Let me look at my vast. 
and while he's looking at that, I, I have to say that Primeval <laughs> Whirl, um, while it handles more people, it's a fun ride. And my wife, it's her favorite. She giggles like a little girl every time we go on it. Uh, it's caused several deaths of cast members, and uh, it is now in seasonal operation only. Oh, that's a point for Goofy. <laughs> Access. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at... All right. And Dan, does it close? It's got to close during World of Color. Um, I'm checking. Hold on. It's probably in the next dusty page. Of- it would be so neat if you could say that you can see glimpses of World of Color from the rooftop of whatever. That would be cool. Uh, but you right. are right, Jimmy, that uh, no matter what happens with, this, with Dan's current research... Uh, it appears that Goofy Sky School. Well, I've no, I've done, I've done the work. I'm just well, finding before the before you oh, announce oh, the official oh, verdict. Don't forget that you can see glimpses of the world of color from the top of a building, and that's the Sheraton Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> if it can see you, you could see it. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Uh, we we do we do love Disney parks. I just want to be clear. It is true. It is true to a fault, really. Uh, all right. Well, so what's the final verdict, Jeremy? Well, uh, without being able to see World of Color, Goofy Sky School beats Primeval World five to three. Wow. Wow. wow that's a shame. And I'm really sorry that we we missed all that uh, main content of the show that, that got lost. Um, but we appreciate your listening. And I would like to invite you again to contact us, be a part of the conversation Join us again next time where we talk about The Haunted Mansion. This is our 10th episode, and we're going to talk about The Haunted Mansion. It could be a divisive conversation. We'll see. Please tune in and find out. I also want to remind you to listen to Spectro Radio. Spectro Radio on spectroradio.us. And Jeremy, do you have any updates on any sound quality in improvements spectro radio is launching on officially on live 365 that's the new network we're going over to um you'll still mm-hmm. be so that's going to double the quality of the sound so you'll still be able to listen to spectro radio at spectroradio.us disney music from the parks movies and more but uh, you can also download it on the live 365 app and uh, you'll be able to listen to it with its new alexa skill we love Alexa. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. What? I can say Alexa, play Spectro you, Radio? It might be a little... You have to play... I think it's Alexa, play Live 365, Spectro Radio. That's But really I don't cool. know that... Yeah, don't take me... From hmm. the, uh, that's still being a little hashed out, but by New Year's Eve, I'll have that finalized. So when does this officially go live? Well, the stream is already running in beta version so. on Live 365, okay. but it's not fully programmed. But you can tune in. Get a taste of what it will sound like. But by New Year's Eve, the full library will be over and running. But you can tune in now and, and, and test it out. Yeah, I did. And it sounds amazing. Oh, good. I don't know if it's just because of the speakers I had, but I, I love it. I just I love that station in general. It's, it's, it's a respite for me. I know that if, if you're listening to this show, you love Disney parks. You love the music. You love probably love the movies. And when I have a stressful day at work, I turn on Spectral Radio, and it's just like it's like my happy place. It's it's wonderful. And thank you for creating that radio station. And I hope it never goes away. And I love the quality. So thank, thank you. you. For that. Please remember also to rate and subscribe and review us on any of your podcast platform. It is very helpful. Email us, like I said. Tweet Jeremy. Tweet us. Facebook us, whatever. And we will see you on the next debate on the Supreme Resort Land V World. 
And uh, join us next time for the Haunted Mansions episode. And have a wonderful week. Happy holidays. We'll see you soon. Bye.